0: I'm not gonna grab somebody who's fleeing extremist ideology and then like a fireman as he's trying to save somebody say, you know, can you say the Nicene Creed for me before I carry you out of this burning building? We don't do that. But the, the State Department does that. USAID does that. Before we are going to give you aid, you must accept this radical ideology that is totally alien to your culture. It's alien to our culture. It's alien to every culture, but especially in like Africa, Central Asia, the Middle East.
1: On this episode of The John Henry Weston Show, it's going to be lots of fun. We're doing it, as you can see right here in front of the White House, with someone who I'm sure you all know. Jason Jones is a... Famous character, not only at Lysite News, but everywhere else. He runs the Vulnerable People Project. You might know him from movie to movement. You remember Bella. I want to talk to him, though, about his being a soldier fighting for this very nation where we stand right now and what that means today. Stay tuned for this episode of The John Hanna-Weston Show. of 2022 was 25 years. These one ounce silver rounds are available from our partners at StJosephsPartners.com, where you can fulfill all of your silver and gold needs in this perilous time. May God bless you. Jason Jones, welcome to the program.
0: John Henry, it's good. It's been a long time. I haven't <laughs> seen you since uh the China virus. Can I say that? <laughs>
1: yeah you can. We're not on YouTube. You can say I anything say. you want. That's yes, right. So let's begin as we always do. the Cross. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. so great to do that right in front of this. That's just amazing. So, Jason, you fought for this country as a soldier. You risked your life. You put your life on the line for America. And yet in America today, we're living in a land that seems to be very far from a land of the free and the home of the brave, especially under President Biden. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah, well, you know, first of all, John Henry, I had the privilege of serving as United States Army infantryman. My father was an infantryman, as was my grandfather. But the real, to me, that's a privilege to serve. But the sacrifice that I really made was my son served, and he fought in Syria, and he fought in Iraq against ISIS. And so when you see today that our recruitment numbers are plummeting, that the world is collapsing into catastrophe from Nigeria to Ukraine to, of course, Afghanistan, Libya... Yemen, uh, the world is really unraveling. The Army and the Navy and the Air Force are not meeting their recruitment goals. And then the Navy's plan, I don't know if you've heard this, their plan to meet the recruitment goals is to hire a transgender, or have a transgender sailor become the face of Navy recruitment. And I say that America is still the city on the hill. Unfortunately, we've turned the lights off and the world has become a very dark place. And then what makes matters even more sorrowful is that the rainbow flag has become really a flag of imperialism, of colonialism, Mm -hmm. of disrupting and undermining traditional cultures around the world, cultures that are already falling apart, uh, countries that are already suffering famine and violence. Then the United States shows up flying this rainbow flag. Then you have companies like BlackRock that are profiting off of war, sort of like the English East Indies company. Mm -hmm. And so we see, Today, sorrowfully, that we are on sort of a reprobate crusade into a dark and unraveling world, and that at home it's unraveling too. So you know life site viewers are, and subscribers, they are suffering themselves. We have fentanyl pouring into our communities. Almost every family in America has been touched by a fentanyl death, the mental health crisis in this country in the wake of COVID policy that brutalized the nation. Our inner cities across the country are, are, have re- are really in collapse. Um, so it is really a quite a sorrowful thing. But the darker the world becomes, the further our light will shine. And really, what will save the world, what will save our country is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I just had the privilege of speaking to a university in Nevada. And someone asked me, well, how do I order my life? It seems like your life is very much ordered. I said, "I was a privilege to be able to say this at a secular university. They asked the question. I said, I know my mission statement. It's to love God and love my neighbor. It's my mission statement. It's very simple once you know. Now, I don't live up to it, especially if you cut me off in traffic. Didn't I just see him say love God and love your neighbor? You know, it's hard, but we know what our mission statement is. And so we are paramedics in a society that's in in triage. And so all Christians, uh, all of us right now are called to get on our knees and tend to the broken that surround us.
1: has such a reputation for freedom we've seen it crushed particularly over the last little while do you know until May 11th non-vax non-Americans couldn't even get into the country it was one of the last countries on earth with that restriction other than China and things like that but that was stunning for much of the world now I think many Americans didn't even know that was the reality but it was nonetheless the reality and that what you just said about a colonialism based on the LGBT agenda I'm ignorant of a lot of history, but that's just so stunning that they would put this perverted agenda ahead of caring for people in dire poverty and as a carrot before they would feed them they would say ah, 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 ah. but you have to adopt this kind of perverse religious motto that we now have this new religion of LGBT and the poor countries are you know, I watched in in Kenya and in Uganda, where we just were, he said, keep your money. We'd rather starve than go down that road.
0: You yeah, know, it's really quite sorrowful. When I was in Iraq, when in the war against ISIS, when the U.S. had left in the, in the wake of Obama's withdrawal, it was just as catastrophic in Iraq after the, the U.S. withdrawal as it was in Afghanistan. It's just there was even less media, if you could imagine. And I met with a prominent young woman from a, an ethnic community, in, in Iraq that was a minority ethnic community, and I asked if she met with the U.S. State Department. And she was of an embattled ethnic minority facing genocide. She said, I did, I met with them once, and they sat across from me and said, we're focused on LGBT issues right now, not ethnic, uh, ethnic issues. It, it, it doesn't seem like religious freedom is a value anymore. The museum just closed in Washington, D.C. when we needed it more than ever. Um, The museum in in Washington, D.C., committed to the First Amendment, has recently closed. It's as if we no longer believe in freedom of speech. We no longer believe in freedom of religion. So then what are we carrying around the world? It's that rainbow flag. And I've really come to see that the damage that that ideology does at home, it's collateral damage. I really believe that the agenda of the rainbow flag is to disrupt communities around the world for exploitation. When you look at what's happening in Central Asia, when you look at what's happening in Africa and how disruptive it is, it seems to be as if it is by design, it is by design to disrupt and bring collapse to these societies that makes them more vulnerable for exploitation. You know, our organization, the Vulnerable People, I think this is... uh, Apropos back here, I don't understand what's happening right now. You know, the Vulnerable People Project, sometimes people criticize us for not proselytizing in Afghanistan. I say I proselytize and my team proselytizes by showing radical love to vulnerable people. I'm not going to grab somebody who's fleeing extremist ideology and then like a fireman as he's trying to save somebody say, you know, can you say the Nicene Creed for me before I carry you out of this burning building? We don't do that. But the, the State Department does that. USAID does that. Before we are going to give you aid, you must accept this radical ideology that is totally alien to your culture. It's alien to our culture. It's alien to every culture, but especially in like Africa, Central Asia, the Middle East. And so you have to ask yourself, that's what this is. So it's really up to the church. The secular world, the secular media cannot even comprehend Christian suffering. If anything, I think they see it as some sort of retribution, that they want to see Christians suffer. The crisis in Nigeria that LifeSite News is one of the, I was just meeting with a reporter from another news organization, told him I was coming to meet with you. He said, you're meeting with John Henry? Tell him thank you for their coverage of Nigeria. Thank you for what you've done in Afghanistan. Thank you for what you've done in Iraq and around the world. The, The secular media will never comprehend the suffering of Christians. So when the Christians are being brutalized in Nigeria, 9 out of 10 Christians in the world who are killed are killed in Nigeria. But the media will never cover it. When Christian school children were killed in Tennessee recently, the media saw the perpetrator as the victim. In fact, the State Department recently said the Fulani tribesmen who are killing peaceful Christians are the victims in this struggle. And none of this makes sense. It's incomprehensible. So what does that mean? That means Christians partnering with other people who are just sensible. We need a battle through the institutions. We need to win elections. We need to um, put people in those administrations who their policy will reflect, people who share our values. But beyond that, we didn't wait at the Vulnerable People Project. We evacuated U.S. citizens. We're evacuating U.S. citizens now from Sudan. We're not going to wait on the government to do this. We cannot wait on the U.S. State Department because, again, they're spilling poison into the water. We can't count on them to help us deliver clean water when they're polluting water, So, uh, ideologically speaking. So it's a great struggle. But I would say that Every generation has its struggles, right? Our grandparents had World War II and the Depression, the rise of Nazism and Communism. Um, and, you know, you can look at every generation and they have earth-shattering changes. We have, we're living through a, a great struggle right now. I think what's, it's for those of us in the Anglosphere, in the English-speaking world, like the United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, in the UK, just what happened just in Ireland recently, basically criminalizing LifeSide News. Now I guess you guys are criminalized in Ireland. Can you believe this? Um, so to see this happen in the English-speaking world, which has been the beacon of liberty around the world, just not the United States, is what's disheartening. And imagine how hopeless the world is going to seem to people when there's nowhere to look up to it will be as if hope has left the world. Well, then they have to see the church. And then we as Christians need to be this light in this dark world because people are no longer able to look to the United States.
1: We were so proud and pleased to be some small part in supporting your work with Vulnerable People Project, with rescuing people from Afghanistan and all over the place. You've got a new project, the Vulnerable Parish Project, what's that?
0: And then I created LifeSite News for that. Like You guys don't really begin to understand what you did for us. A VPP, prior to the fall of Afghanistan, we did some, some work delivering aid in Iraq in that crisis and in Sudan during the genocide, but we're not a relief organization. That's not really what we do. We try to harness influence and communicate to, to the world the suffering that's happening when the world is left in dark places in the world. But through LifeFunder, what happened almost overnight is that we had hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting in a bank account, which is, for our little organization, was an immense thing. And then we were able to, with that money, build the most successful evacuation and resettlement effort in the world. And then beyond that, we've delivered now almost three million meals since the fall of Afghanistan. Two million meals just this Christmas on meals the, the year before. And beyond that, then we got a reputation of people who can do Things others can't, and we were asked to evacuate people from Ukraine. And we were able to do that and set up shelters in Ukraine. And now we're being inundated with help in Sudan. Well, we've sort of figured this out. This was all built off of Life under If not for Life under the people that we had in safe houses would have stayed there or been let out. If not for Life under you know, we, through Life under, Um, you introduced us to donors, and they now participate with us. We built medical centers. We have for women. We have. We're supporting three schools and a university. Um, we've taken over safe houses that very large organizations in Pakistan had to abandon. We quadrupled their caloric intake every day. We started school programs in those safe houses. And you might have recently heard that we partnered with another organization, a Jewish aid organization, to resettle 20 girls that were wounded by ISIS and through our Catholic community get them not only free health care but free university education in Spain. And I really credit that with Life Under. You helped us grow from an organization that tried to harness influence to an organization that we found that we can do something that other groups haven't kind of figured out yet, which is how to serve people in these um, sort of dangerous and tragic situations. And I'll tell you what our secret is. It's we're Catholic. That's our secret. And that we know how to persevere. We can work in the dark with no light around. Like G.K. Chesterton said, it can be pitch black and we'll just kind of keep walking and so the secret to Vulnerable People project success in Ukraine, in Afghanistan, now in Sudan, is that we know that the, the apostolate of serving the vulnerable is Good Friday. And it means you're gonna be lonely, it's going to be challenging, but there's always a the resurrection. We, have the, we know that and we have the hope of that. Um, but you did not play a small part. We were privileged, you weren't able to come to the country at the time, but we were honored to give LifeSite News one of our two awards of the year, our hero awards. And the other was um, to EWTN and another was to a human rights attorney. Um, And so between EWTN, LifeSite News, you are our two greatest partners that have allowed us to to serve people when even governments have found it impossible to do.
1: Beautiful. Jason Jones, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, brother.
0: It's so good to see you in person again. Amen to that. Thank you.
1: And God bless all of you. And we'll see you next time.